Cheeky Bastards Podcast. We got episode number two coming your way right now. We're very excited to get this going. All the pregame jitters from our debut are gone. We've got a microphone now, so you can now hear ourselves crystal clear. I've got my selfie, Don, my co-host, Jay, and our producer, Anton, with us here. And we have a lot to discuss today. We've got both American Leagues, MOS and the NWSL, announcing expansion plans. We've got the three and the zero points of the week coming up. We've got from our supporters groups highlights, we've got a beer night done correctly, the best way you can do it, and then followed by our Maradona moment, and then of course I'll complain at some point. So here we go, let's kick it off and let's get started with our uh, news roundup. We'll start with MOS expanding. How's it going everybody? First order of business, talking about Charlotte FC, they or the new expansion club that was uh, announced the other day for the MLS. And there was a little bit of a discussion. Their logo was uh, pretty simple. There wasn't much to it. Charlotte FC, I mean, they're kind of like looking like the Washington Football Club right now. There's not, <laughs> a lot, not a lot going on. But the initials for the team, CLT FC, just remember that. I just want you to uh, think about that in your head. Oh, no. And think through it. But anyway, the owner <laughs> of the team is the, also the Panthers owner. And he's planning on having the team play in the Panthers stadium. And as we've seen in the past with the MLS, this doesn't usually bode well for the team playing in a giant football stadium. There's very few teams that have done it correctly. Seattle and Atlanta have done it right, but Atlanta did it the right way because their owner built, uh, I think it's Mercedes-Benz Arena, with uh, the football club in mind when they built it for the Falcons as well. So that one's perfect for MLS. And they can actually fill that stadium. Yes, they can. They can easily get 60000 in their stadium. But then... On the other spectrum, you have the New England Revolution, owned by Robert Kraft, and the owner of the New England Patriots, and he just doesn't care about the Revs. He doesn't have any interest in them, in his MLS team, even though he owns them. I heard he put in massage tables in their uh, team locker room. Though. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but David Pe- Pepper, the owner for Charlotte FC and the Panthers owner, while he is having them play in the NFL stadium, Bank of America Stadium, he is actually going to be renovating it for soccer specifically. So they're adding in new locker rooms to suit uh, the home and away team for Charlotte. And they're also adding in a tunnel and entering at midfield like any traditional soccer stadium. So they'll have that uh, traditional en- entrance into onto the field that most teams do from the middle of the stadium. So while it's not ideal for an MLS team to play in the NFL stadium, they are at least doing it better than the refs. It could work out well. Yeah, I mean, most teams do everything better than the refs anyway, but... At least we got this part down. Moving on to more expansion news, we have the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League in the U.S., announced a huge move where they're going to expand to Los Angeles in 2022, the same year as Charlotte will start. It's going to be the 10th team in the league for NWSL, and their ownership group is packed with stars. Starting off from the top, one of the biggest... uh, uh, funders for it is Alexis Ohanian. He is one of the co-founders for Reddit, and his wife is none other than Serena Williams, the biggest tennis star in the world. And so she's going to be a co-owner for them. So she's already up there. We talked about last week in the uh, the star rankings for MOS owners. Of course, episode one, we talk about we rank the best soccer owners, and the next week. Absolutely. Got, we're blown out of the water. I think so. We're blown I think, out of the water. Honestly, we're going we're gonna to go over the list of who else is an owner for this uh, new team. I think almost all of them might be number one <laughs> off of our list from last week. Hey, McConaughey. Hey, put some okay, McConaughey's, McConaughey's pretty name. big. Okay, I'm sorry. McConaughey is pretty huge. 
But on top of that, we do have 14 former U.S. women's national team players, which is huge for the uh, NWSL to get them involved, which uh, four of those are going to be Abby Wambach, Mia Hamm, and Julie Foudy, as well as Lauren Holiday. If you remember her, she used to be Lauren Chaney, now married to NBA star Drew Holiday. So Lauren Holiday is a part of this, too. She actually, I'm pretty sure she dealt with uh, brain cancer a couple years ago, but I'm pretty oh, sure really? she uh, actually came back from that and is doing all right now. Uh, I know Drew Holiday in the NBA bubble right now announced he was going to donate his salary to some special cause. I don't remember exactly which one. But those aren't even the biggest stars we have in this ownership group. We have a shit ton of movie stars and TV stars as well. We have Jessica Chastain, America Ferreira from Ugly Betty. We got Jennifer Garner, Ava Longoria, and even Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman might be my favorite one here. If you guys don't know me, I'm Israeli. So is Natalie Portman. So I love this girl. She's amazing. She's probably my favorite actress. You got to commend the um, the mostly female ownership group too. Yeah. In the w- NWSL. It's huge for the league. Because honestly, I'm surprised that LA didn't have a team in the league in the first place. Because that honestly might be the biggest uh, crowd for soccer in the country being with the amount of Hispanics that live in that area and the amount, and just the size of that market overall. It's a massive market. I think the second biggest in the country. So the fact that they t- took this long to get a team in Los Angeles kind of surprises me, but I'm glad they finally did. I'm glad they're doing it this way. There's definitely a niche for women's soccer. Oh, for sure. LA. For sure. I know one of the bigger one of the bigger supporters for LAFC, the MLS team, uh, him, and, him and his wife are actually uh, huge proponents of the NWSL. They would go to LAFC games and make banners uh, asking the NWSL to expand into LA. They finally got their wish. Now, I want to kick it over to Anton, our producer, because he's not only our producer, but he's also our local movie guy. So th- this is his topic when we got all these MLS guys. So which name here pops out? I know all these are big names to you, but which is the biggest here? Definitely Jessica Chastain the most, just because she probably has the, the largest... Uh, Film, I can't think of the word, but filmography. Filmography, yeah. Wow, well, yeah. I'm the film guy. So, yeah. Um, she has, okay. definitely has the largest filmography out of any of these people, and definitely the most successful. I mean, she was in that movie The Help, by a few years back with Octavia one. Spencer and Ella Stone. I gotta watch that. Zero Dark Thirty, the horror film Mama, It Two, one of the X Men movies, oh, Interstellar. Wow. My favorite. That's one of my favorite yeah. movies ever. So, um, this is it's exciting to see her in there, just because of like the previous roles she's had. Um, Eva Longoria, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't really know much about her. I, I, I think, I think she was in Sin City. The, Not sure. uh, came out in 2005, black and white Robert Rodriguez film. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's in that. Uh, it's the I only do movie remember. I've ever seen with her in it. I do remember. Not a movie, but I do remember when I was younger. My mother was obsessed with Desperate Housewives, so I saw Eva Longoria on our TV every week. Oh, my mom was. <laughs> yeah, all over that show. I, I feel like every mom had to. <laughs> yeah, and who are the other ones? Um, we got America Ferreira, she was an Ugly Betty, and uh, Natalie Portman, of course, um, love of my life, and then Jennifer Garner as well. Natalie Portman, okay, I was saying Jessica Chastain is the most, but Natalie Portman's been acting since she was a little kid. And really? She was in starting that, to rethink it. Yeah, I'm not going to rethink it, I actually don't like Natalie Portman at all. I'm oh, sorry, come on. All right, damn. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, but she, play, she played Jackie Kennedy in the movie Jackie, she was in the Star Wars movies, spot. she was in, like, one of her first movies was, um, the, uh... Oh my gosh, I can't think of the name, but it stars uh, Gary Oldman. Uh, Wasn't he in Harry Potter? Yeah, he was. He played Sirius Black. 
Oh um, yeah, that was a good one. But she was like some some you know important child, and Gary Oldman was like this like criminal who was after her. It's a pretty popular movie, and I can't think of the name right now. Um, she also was in Black Swan, which was huge. Yeah, when that came yeah. out. That um, was a big movie. One of my favorite movies with her in it. But hopefully, this bodes well for um, building up a good fan base in L.A. Yeah, it definitely star, will. When you get ownership, when you get this many different stars, I think the ownership group is up to thirty people when you include uh, all the different former U.S. women's team players. Oh, wow. So you got this many people out there to promote them, and are all women? As, oh, a majority of them are women as well. So you can definitely have these these famous uh, celebrities really push it hard and really get this name out into the public. So moving on to our three points of the week, I'll let Jay kick it off with with his game. All right, to uh, ship it over the pond, we're going to start with uh, Barnsley in the Championship, the second division of England. What a day! I'm cutting you off real quick. Okay. Uh, Leon the professional. That's I've the movie with Natalie Portman. Never heard of it. Olden. Cutting no. you off for a movie I never heard of. Oh time. no, it's a great movie. It's a, it's a popular movie. It's like a cult low class hit. I it's guess nice. I gotta watch it then. Yeah. Join the cult. All right, back to Barnsley. <laughs> We're back. One of the craziest days in the um, in the championship, the final day. Barnsley was down. Oh, they were tied one one in the ninetieth minute, and. As the score stood, Barnsley would have been relegated because they were they were in um, 18th place. But at 90 plus one, Barnsley scores a goal, and that keep not only do they win the game, but that keeps them in the championship. They're not relegated, and they stay up by one point. They were they were like bottom dwellers, um, a lot earlier in the season. So to yeah. see this, it was was pretty amazing. Yeah, it's incredible watching. I remember watching the interview that they had with their manager at the end of the game, and the manager was in tears. He could, he just couldn't believe it. He was overcome Probably with emotion. Job. Yeah, saved himself a job, too. <laughs> so that might be the biggest part of yeah. where the tears came from. But that's just a huge moment for Barnsley, staying up in the championship, because no one wants to get relegated into League One. It's a tough, tough, tough climb to get yeah. back up from when you get down that low. So this is a huge moment for Barnsley. They get to start over fresh, clean slate next season. Exactly. Looking for a promotion to the Premier League. We'll see how it goes for them. And they beat top three team in Brentford, too. Yeah, Brentford looking huge. to get automatic promotion, lost that game. And they really kept got them, cucked by a kept them in the, team. Oh, huge yeah. cuck. Huge cuck. <laughs> so moving on, we're going to come back across the pond in the MLS again. My three points of the week is... The L.A. Derby, we got El Trafico. Awful name for a derby, by the I way. I love that name. Really? It, it, it sums up. It sums up exactly how L.A. probably is. I hear you, Just man. Traffic. But anyway, LAFC against L.A. Galaxy. Final score was 6-2. to two. I don't think anyone saw a score like that coming. LAFC demolished the Galaxy. Granted, Galaxy were playing without Chicharito, who's most likely going to miss the rest of this tournament. Jonathan Dos Santos is also out for them. But LAFC is also playing without last year's MVP. Carlos Vela opted out of playing in the bubble. So we go into this game, 10.30 o'clock kickoff. You got to love some MLS after dark. It's nothing better than MLS after dark. Might be my favorite thing in sports. Always gets a little hairy. It always does. And Diego Rossi, I was going to say out of nowhere, but it's really not out of nowhere because he's been phenomenal this season. He came out and scored four goals in this game. Uh, And he honestly, he might... He might end up replacing Carlos Vela as a league MVP after the performance he's put on to start this season. And this really just uh, gives LAFC a chance to put away any doubts that people had about them playing without Carlos Vela. They're still one of the top teams in MLS. They're still looking at like a phenomenal club. 
and they really just got to beat Galaxy into the dirt. I think there was seven or eight yellow cards handed out oh in this God. match. So it was a very physical match. They just got to beat them into the dirt, which is you always want to see in a rivalry game like this. Galaxy basically just gave up. That's kind of what it looked like. I, yeah. It was a little yeah. sad. Even after going up, I think they were up 2-1 in the first half, and they still oh. couldn't do it. They gave up a goal right before, uh, right in the stoppage time before halftime, and just from there on, it just fell apart. The five straight goals for LAFC oh, after man. that. Just brutal showing from the Galaxy. Brutal showing. So now, going on to our zero points of the week, we got, I'll start it myself. This is, both of ours are actually going to be a little untraditional, because we're not really doing actual games and losses. But my zero points of the week goes to the broadcasters who have to work ESPN Syria A broadcast. So this is this isn't my complaint for the week, but it is a complaint. ESPN has has an atrocious, atrocious broadcast for their Italian soccer games. I turned on this game on over the weekend. It was Parma versus Sampdoria. You might have not heard of those teams, but it was actually a competitive game. I believe it finished three to two. But I honestly wouldn't know. Because I didn't, I didn't get to watch the entire thing. I honestly had to turn it off. I turned the game on to find that their broadcast of it has no crowd noise. I'm okay with no crowd noise. I'm not a big proponent of the crowd noise pumped in. But if you're not going to have crowd noise, you kind of... No, you don't kind of need to. You have to have some sort of sound going on. People want to be able to hear the players talking. They want to hear them screaming at each other. You want to hear just the natural sounds at a game. And they don't do that. They have... They mute any sound possible from the game, and all you hear is no sound, and then the ESPN commentators talking. So my zero points of the week goes to the commentators, because they they're in such a tough spot. Because now they have to they're in a spot where they have to talk constantly, because dead air sounds terrible. It's just it would just be completely silent if they weren't yeah. saying anything. And in soccer, when the commentators aren't talking, is not the worst thing, especially in soccer, because then it's when you get to hear the crowd noise come in and you get to hear the the, the fans the singing and chanting and all the sounds, which is fantastic. It's one of the best sounds in sports is hearing the the soccer fans singing along to their team. But when you have no sound at all, there's no breaks for the commentators. They're put in t- such a hard position, and it's impossible for them to do their job well. It's hard to watch. Yeah, I had to turn it off. I think I turned on a Tottenham game, and I don't even like Tottenham. <laughs> they're, they're tough to watch, too. All right, for me, my zero points of the week, it's got to go to La Liga referees. Uh, I think it was the second-to-last match day of the La Liga season. There were eight red cards. Eight across. The whole squad, almost. Yeah. It, wasn't, it was multiple games because a lot of these games were happening around the same time. So these red cards just flying right off the bat, one after the other, as these games were going off. Absolutely ridiculous. I wish I was in one of the studios where uh, where the commentators in the ESPN studio are sitting and they just had watching, all, like, the TVs. watching all the games at once and seeing a, a lot of these red cards came around the same time in like stoppage time. So if, imagine sitting there in the studio and watching like 10 different games and you just see red card after red card after red card. The refs are having a field day. Also, coincidentally, the same day, Real Madrid wins, wins the league on that day. So it was a little ode, a little tip of the cap to Sergio Ramos from the rest of La Liga, especially from uh, Barca, because Asuasuna got a red card. What was it, in stoppage time? It was, with, I want to say, in the 77th minute okay. they got the red 77th card. 77th minute, Asuasuna gets a red card and end up winning the game in stoppage time over Barca. And that's what gives Real Madrid the title. 
the refs were just handing them out like candy. It's so weird to see from Barcelona, too, because they're used to Barcelona. When they're playing against uh, weaker teams, it looks like they're already playing up a man, in, yeah. regardless of what the red card situation is. For them to actually go up a man and still give up a goal in the 94th minute is ridiculous. That's just... I've never seen Bar- Barcelona team do that before. Crazy day in La Liga. So, moving on, we have our supporters group highlights, and we're going to kick it out to Arizona. So, in the USL, which is kind of like the, s- the second division of American soccer... If maybe one day we'll get relegation with Yeah, them. maybe, but maybe. for now it's kind of like the minor leagues of American soccer. Team Phoenix Rising FC in Arizona has a promotion. It's called Dollar Beer Night, and every time that they've had... At least recently, every time they've had Dollar Beer Night, the team has won. They're currently on a 14-0 and streak when they have Dollar Beer Night. One of the most amazing records I've ever seen. you got to think the fans, when it's coming, they show out and they get absolutely hammered oh, in these yeah. games. You have to get hammered. If you have $1 beers, I mean, it's probably not great beer. You're but probably just buying Lights, like six at a time. Oh, of course. You're getting blacked out at these games. <laughs> Especially, it's probably an inspiration for the players, too, to win these games. They're like, hey, I can get a dollar beer at some point, too. I win the game, let's go party uh, after. The fans will be a lot more brutal if if they... Oh, yeah, yeah, you better win. Oh, yeah. If you lose... Can you imagine a Philly crowd on dollar beer night? Those those cups are going right in the... Oh, yeah, we'll throw batteries. We'll definitely throw cups at you. Oh, God. Well, we'll move over to my supporters group highlights. We're going to the Austrian Bundesliga with Rapid Vienna. Now, Rapid Vienna historically is one of the best clubs of all time in Austria. They've won the league a record amount of times, 32 times. It's ridiculous. I don't, the Yankees don't even have that many rings. But this one year, in 2008, they had a rough time. They had a rough season. They were, for their standards at least, they were sitting in third at the time, which third doesn't sound awful, but they were 17 points back of Red Bull Salzburg. So they were a ways. They were a ways back. They weren't going to catch them. This is in April, I believe. They're not going to catch Salzburg. Third place isn't terrible. But the fans have a high, high, high standard for this club. And when they see this team in third place getting beat up by Red Bull Salzburg, they get pissed. So they already had the manager fired weeks ahead. But now after the Salzburg match, they got beat, I think it was 3-1 or something like that. They were very upset. So overnight, what did the fans do? They decided... These guys running the team are so bad that they shouldn't even be allowed to come to work. So what they did was overnight, they went out to the team facility and they built a legitimate brick wall, a brick wall in front of the entrance to the team facility. And they put a picture of the general manager on the wall saying, I am not allowed in. So they're basically just kicking the GM out of his job. Whether they like it or not, he's getting kicked out. That's one of the best, most well-organized protests of a team I've ever seen. Now, the union have protested a team before uh, themselves, but they did it a little different way. They brought out a coffin and put the general manager's face on it. Oh, so it might be a little more extreme. Got the point across because it did get him fired. But I love this tactic that they use, just building a brick wall. How much would that mess you up going into work that day? And there's just a brick wall in the door, and you're like, where? Like, Do I go home? Do you... Do you, like, double take, and you're like, is this the door that I always go in every day? Am I in the right place? I guess you just go home. I didn't have to go home. You probably still get paid. I mean, what are you going to do? (laughs) But I I love the commitment from the Salzburg fans to just go out, or the Vienna fans, excuse me, to just go out and just basically kick the manager out of the facility. 
Side note, by the way, Red Bull Salzburg, they are on an incredible streak right now. Since 2007, they've only they've won the league every single year except for once. They've current they're currently on a streak of seven straight seasons winning the Austrian Bundesliga. I don't think That's any ridiculous. American sport has ever had a streak like that. Maybe the Celtics. They won it 11 times or something like that. Yeah. 11 times in the span of like 12 seasons. Yeah. So they're, they're verging on the, on the record of the Celtics, basically. That's tough to do. Also got to point out, American <laughs> manager at Red Bull Salzburg, so always yeah, got the support that's what it, from the cheeky bastards. Of course, always. of course. Jesse Marsh. Didn't like him at first when he was working for New York Red Bulls, but now he's out in Austria. I love the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you hate the Red Bull, don't you? Yeah, fuck the Red Bulls. They've gone 24 years with no cups. <laughs> What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? That's that's pathetic. Has the MLS been around? And they have Red Bulls. This years. is the 25th year. So... So the so the entire like existence of the MLS, I'm sure there's more than just the Red Bull who have gone without winning a cup. Well, yeah, but, but we're they're talking... the easiest to make fun of. And the they thing have is, the Red Bull money. They, have they do. They Bull have money. Red Bull money, and they're all they're, one. They're arguably one of the best clubs in the country, like on a consistent basis. This year, they've kind of come out very slowly the in the MLS's not back as good. tournament. They're not on the same level they're used to, but they're almost consistently in the in the postseason. They're always pushing, making a fight for the top of the Eastern Conference. The fact that they've gone 24 years without winning a cup is hysterical to me. That's when you get from the sons of Ben in Philadelphia. That's when you get all those different chants just making fun of them. Can't stand those Jersey Red Bulls. The worst. Yeah, not even in New York. No, not even in New York. Joke. So, the Maradona moment of the week. We're going with the throwback moment from a couple years ago, and I'll let Jay describe this story for us. All right, time for my favorite moment of the podcast little ode to our Lord and Savior, Diego Maradona, and all his off-the-field antics. This week, a little bit of a throwback. There wasn't as much going on, especially with players quarantined while they're trying to play, and MLS players in the bubble right now. We're waiting for one of them to break out, so we get a great story there. But for now, we kick it back to 2012. Former West Ham player, Savio, I hope I say that right, Savio. Honestly, never A news story came out. He was arrested by Thai police. And you're not going to believe this. He faked his own kidnapping. He called his family, told them that he was being held hostage, and that the kidnappers wanted 3,000 euros. Now, okay, it sounds like a decent amount of money, but if you're a professional player... You're worth a lot more. You're worth a lot more than Yeah, that. yeah. 3,000, like, that's so, like, low and specific. I mean, when, the, when these you're professional... Just like, wait. What? And these 3, professional 000? teams in Europe are like West Ham are buying and selling players. Three thousand euros is nothing. Those guys are making at least forty thousand. The a low week. end are forty thousand a week, probably. Yeah, like Savio himself is probably worth like three million euros at the yeah. time. He's he's cutting himself short out here. Three thousand. So when the um, Thai police investigated the call, they found that he wasn't actually kidnapped. He was just pretending because oh. he was on holiday. And ran out of money. And wow. he just wanted money from his family. Wow. So, first off, Thailand is a great place to vacation. You got some beautiful areas in Thailand. A little too beautiful for Saudi. Apparently. I guess the bar is a little too much there for him. <laughs> How else are you running through your entire budget? Especially when you're a professional athlete. You're going into a vacation with money to spend. Yeah. You're not making a vacation like this without the money. Yeah. Soccer players don't seem like the most educated of people. That could be, that honestly might be a case, because a lot of the teams with the youth academies, these kids don't go to high school. 
Like no, they they, just they leave school. school at an early age of like fifteen, even younger sometimes. I don't know. I I would say that they're probably like on par with most athletes. I uh, hope so. Some of them are like are a little bit. Um, there's so many more of them that I think you get yeah. like more extreme cases. You get guys like around this. the world, and Diego Maradona himself. Well, that was the cocaine. Forget. I don't think that was the education part. I think that's just the cocaine that made him crazy. He loved his. He loved it. <laughs> he was all over it. All right, now time for Edon's favorite moment of the podcast. All right, my weekly complaint here. So this time, we're going to talk about MLS again and how the lack of judgment on their part and how they broadcast their games. So MLS, their two main broadcasters that they use are ESPN and Fox Sports. Those are great broadcasters to use. They're huge uh, TV stations in this country. A majority of people have both of those channels. They're great spots to broadcast your games nationally. Now, where they go wrong is when they start to broadcast games on TUDN, which is formerly known as Univision Deportes. So, as you can tell by the name, it's a Spanish TV channel in the U.S. So it is in the U.S. The problem is it's a subscription channel that a majority of this country doesn't use or doesn't have. So... When you want to broadcast your games nationally, and you're a league that's trying to grow and grow and grow, and you're trying to make it big, you're trying to get on the level of, of the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NFL, and you don't see any of these teams being broadcasted on channels that no one has. The only way you can get the game is on Twitter. Yeah, so if you don't have if you don't have Univision Deportes, the only way you can watch is on Twitter, and I guarantee you that a majority of soccer fans aren't on Twitter. I know people that are on Twitter think that Twitter is a massive landscape and that there's so many people on it. While there is a ton of people on it, it's really just a microcosm of, of the actual supporters. Exactly. You lose a lot, you lose a lot of viewers when you're not exactly. showing on one of the major networks. Like, I wanted to watch the Philadelphia Union the other night, and I, I want to watch it on TV. I don't want to sit on my computer, and I don't want to just sit on a tiny screen or on my phone and just watch it on that. I want to see it on my big 60-inch TV, my curved TV. It's so nice. I have it for a reason. I want to watch my team on my nice TV, not on my computer or my phone. It makes no sense to me. But MLS is going to MLS. You never know what they're going to do. And while they are, their business model isn't the smartest in the first place. So it's not surprising when you see them make weird business decisions. But they're taking this one and they're running with it. 25th they, anniversary. Yeah, 25th anniversary. Maybe 26. They'll, uh, they'll start to get it together. Yeah, maybe by 26 we'll actually be able to watch some, most of their games. But... For now, we got Univision. I will say the Spanish broadcasters does make it a lot more exciting. When it that, does. It does. You goal. also, you don't expect to hit the SAP button to hit, be able to understand the TV. Yeah, you don't see that not. often. But that's all for this week's episode. You have any final thoughts, Jay, Anton? No, just got a shout out. Um, Christian Pulisic. Yeah. Big, big, big week coming on as a sub. You called Maradona our Lord and Savior. I think Pulisic might take the spot for it, yeah. in the U.S. at least. The American Lord and Savior. Yes, sir. He is. He it is. frustrates me so much that Frank Lampard won't start in every game. Yeah. He might be your best player. I, he is. I think he think is their he best player right now. think start him because he's American? At first, when he first started in Chelsea, I honestly believe that was it. Because they had two or three young English players that were like two, maybe two years younger than Pulisic himself. And... Well, they, granted, they are really good players, up-and-coming players like Mason Mount. They're not as good as Pulisic. And we saw last year, Pulisic was in Dortmund, one of the top clubs in the world, playing in the Champions League, and he showed his class there, and he showed that he's 
well, that he deserves that, what it was, it's 60 or $70 million yeah. price tag. So to buy someone for that money and to know how good they can be and not start them blows my mind. There's no excuse for it. There really isn't. Definitely didn't help him um, in the game against Liverpool. No, no. I mean, maybe you start Pulisic from the beginning and maybe you don't yeah. lose 5-3. But I think your defense kind of shit the bed there instead. Yeah. That doesn't help. Keppa has been atrocious still. That's my little that's my little rant of the week. Yeah. Just I gotta get you going though. If yeah, like, you do gotta get me if going. If I get something in, I gotta like feed the fire of Edon <laughs> to like really Just get light it right about under me. something. Yeah, so that's all for this week. Uh, we'll let Jeef play us out. Thank you for listening. Thanks guys. sit here and whine I know what I have to do you don't know what is good for you I must admit that neither do I I do know what you're going through the shit they say has been untrue I'm just trying to be a good guy I don't even know where I could go I don't even know if you're down If you're not that cool with that We'll leave that for another chat Let's just go get out of this town I know what I have to do You don't know what is good for you I must admit that neither do I I do know what you're going through The shit they say has been untrue I'm just trying to be a Since the day that I left you, you've been on my mind Feeling so lonely inside, another girl I'll find I know what I have to do, you don't know what is good for you I must admit that neither do I 
I do know what you're going through The shit they say has been untrue I'm just trying to be a good guy